Okay, welcome to week two of the Process Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Larson. Find me on Twitter at AA Larson. Find the show on Twitter at The Process FFP. We're back for week two, ready to give you some advice as to who to attack, who to avoid in fantasy football this upcoming week, week two of the 2019 NFL season. So uh, before we get too deep into it, let's take a look back at week one. So how did we do? So how did we do? Well, in week one, I would say... It was all right, I guess. It was all right, I guess. So, quick recap of my week one recommendations. I really thought we were going to see that high point total with the 49ers and Buccaneers. That didn't really happen, at least not from an offensive standpoint. So, Jameis Winston, yuck. Uh, Not a good recommendation there. All the picks, not looking good. Jimmy Garoppolo, also not great in that game. Again, ugly game. But I mentioned Matt Stafford. He did have a pretty good game. He finished as QB4 of the week. The overtime helped a little bit, but playing against that Arizona defense definitely helped. Jacoby Brissett was okay. He was good for a two-quarterback league, like I mentioned. Finished at QB18 for the week. So we'll take that as a second quarterback. And Drew Brees, not surprising, finished in the top 12, uh, right at number 12 on the week. So quarterbacks, bad up top, but a couple, couple gems in there. Running backs. Uh, Chris Carson, he paid off, uh, found the end zone a few times. Uh, the passing game hype is real. He had six catches on seven targets. That's a solid 35% target share. They just didn't pass the ball enough to make it huge. But he still finished as running back nine for the week. I'll take that victory, and I'll also take the Marlon Mack victory, finishing as RB4 on the week. So that was good. Uh, Matt Breda, meh, okay, RB38. He didn't kill you, but he wasn't great. Looking promising in the future with Tevin Coleman out for a while. Uh, receivers, Marvin Jones, another meh. Uh, wide receiver, 47 on the week. This is half PPR scoring. Again, didn't kill you. He didn't come up with any of those big plays, though, that you kind of hope for from Marvin Jones. So, again, eh, okay. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, not bad. Wide receiver, 33 on the week. He got in the end zone. That definitely helps. Not as many targets as you might have expected or as I expected, but he, he did get the end zone, so he finished okay. Dante Pettis, wow, was I wrong on that. Apparently, all that negative hype at the end of the offseason was not overblown. So, uh, yeah, moving on from him. Uh, tight ends, Matt Lacoste, whoops, uh, he was out, so he couldn't even make a chance at it. Uh, the other two tight ends I mentioned as dart throws, uh, Jeff Swaim, Jack Doyle. They both finished pretty far down the ladder for tight ends, uh, 29, 28 respectively. So those darts didn't hit the target, uh, but we move on. You know how tight ends go in this current fantasy landscape. Uh, the defense that I really like targeting was the Lions defense. And even though they gave up a lot of points at the end uh, to Arizona, they still finished as the DST nine on the week. So I will take that as a streaming type defense. Let's take a look at the players I recommended avoiding. Matt Ryan, that was a pretty good call. He finished as QB 14 on the week. So that's not awful, but that's not what you're looking for, especially in a single quarterback league. Uh, Others I said to avoid, Russell Wilson finished as quarterback 17. Again, not great. And then uh, said that I didn't think Trubisky was breaking out in week one. He finished as quarterback 30. So that was definitely a good call. Running backs, uh, Derrick Henry. 
that's another, uh, whoops. Um, yeah, Derrick Henry finishes the RB3 on the week. So I am sorry if you took my advice and sat him there. Uh, sorry, Dave. Please keep listening. Um, yeah, he fell into the end zone once, and then he had a 75-yard touchdown catch, which I don't think anybody really predicted. Um, definitely not me, but it happened sometimes. That was a miss. Uh, Joe Mixon, Darius Geis, my other two avoids on the week. They finished pretty far outside the top of the running back landscape. So good calls on that. My avoid wide receiver for the week uh, was Robbie Anderson. That was a good call. The Bills and Tredavious White shut him down pretty solidly. He finishes a wide receiver 67. So he hurt you in your lineup. So that was good. But the other big recommendation was to uh, avoid. Wow. Excuse me. Rookie wide receivers, not Wookiees. <laughs> um, yeah, they were surprisingly good. Uh, Hollywood Brown, wide receiver four. Terry McLaren, wide receiver nine. Even A.J. Brown at wide receiver 29 and D.K. Metcalf at wide receiver 35 all had their roles. So that's a, a lot bigger impact than you usually see first-year receivers make in the league. So those guys kind of proved me wrong on that. Um, tight end. My main avoid was Kyle Rudolph. That turned out okay. Tight end 44. You did not want him anywhere near your lineups. Um, But then I took that same idea of avoiding rookie tight ends. And TJ Hawkinson totally broke the mold on that one, finishing as a tight end one. So I said if if, uh, if a rookie tight end broke out, I might change my tune. Yeah, I'm changing my tune on Hawkinson. The others, uh, well, the other main rookie tight end, Noah Fant, tight end 27. So that was good not to play him. Overall, how did I do? Nah, it was all right. So here are the players that I want to attack in fantasy football this week. Whether that is in your season-long lineups, whether that is in DFS, wherever you're playing, I like these plays. Quarterbacks, let's start there. Uh, Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. Terrible opening night against the Patriots. Uh, Let's take a quick look over here, though, because he's played six career games in New England, and he has a 60% completion percentage, nine touchdowns, six interceptions. That's in six games. That's not great. He has been pretty bad historically in New England. He's been pretty bad historically on the road. His quarterback rating is 10 points higher at home than on the road, and he's had 53 more touchdowns and 17 fewer picks and his illustrious career when he's at home. And this week, he's at home against Seattle. Uh, Seahawks, you know, pretty vaunted defense over the last half decade or so, but they gave up 418 yards and two touchdowns through the air to Andy Dalton last week, which nobody was expecting, and that was at home in Seattle. Now the Seahawks are traveling all the way across the country, playing the early game in the Eastern time zone, That's typically not a good setup to begin with. So, yeah, I think Big Ben bounces back in a big way this week. And I definitely think you can trust him as a starter in your lineup. Uh, I like him as a play in DFS. I think he's going to way outperform last week, and he's a safe play. Other quarterbacks I like, uh, Jared Goff, another historical home road split guy who didn't do that great last week on the road, and this week he's at home. Uh, career-wise, 97.2 quarterback rating at home, 90.4 on the road. Uh, also, this game is 
like I said in the uh, earlier setup, one of the highest over-unders of the week at 53 points. All his weapons looked good in week one, so he should be locked and loaded to have a much better performance at home in week two. Um, moving on again, uh, Cam Newton, he was disappointing last week as well. I think this is a Thursday night game, so if you want to play him, you got to get him in uh, tonight. But I think he's going to bounce back just fine as well. Uh, there were questions about the shoulder. He wasn't throwing deep in week one. We all remember how Andrew Luck started off in 2018 not throwing the ball deep. He turned out just fine. Uh, week one was the first time in his entire career that he had negative rushing yards. I think we call that an outlier. So I think he bounces back. Tampa Bay's defense still isn't good no matter what happened last week. Um, did they play well against the 49ers or are they bad? I think that the 49ers offense maybe isn't that good. So that's the quarterbacks. Moving on. Running backs. My favorite running back to uh, attack this week, Leonard Fournette. Um, he was okay last week. He only had 13 carries uh, for 66 yards, so that's not an impressive box score. But they were playing catch-up the entire game against Kansas City, who came out firing pretty hot. Uh, but he played 50 snaps. That is 86% of all the snaps. And he got six targets. So anybody who thought that Leonard Fournette wouldn't be involved in the passing game, that got proven wrong pretty quickly. Turned those into four catches for 28 yards. So his week was not a loss last week. Uh, now Nick Foles is going to be out for quite a while. And I really don't think that Jacksonville wants to build their game plan around Gardner Minshew uh, as awesome as that guy looks like the uh, 35-year-old accountant that he appears to be, even though he's a rookie. So, and, and they play Houston. Houston gave up seven yards per carry to the Saints. And the Saints are an excellent running team, don't get me wrong, but seven yards per carry is a pretty good split. Uh, I think Fournette is set up to have a really good week, like him in any format at all. Favorite guy to play this week, Leonard Fournette. Uh, others I want to just mention in a variety of different scenarios here. Uh, don't be selling off uh, Nick Chubb or Carrion Johnson. They were disappointing in week one. Their week two matchups aren't great either. Um, I'm not saying I'm rushing to get these guys into my lineups this week, but season-long formats, I'm not getting rid of these guys, so keep playing them. Those guys are studs. They're going to be okay. Um, Todd Gurley, very hot topic. Uh, he's I think he's still definitely worth putting into season-long lineups. Get him in there. He has 70% snap count, 14 carries for 97 yards. That's a healthy almost seven yards per carry. Uh, he was the only Rams running back to catch a pass, even though he wasn't targeted much. Uh, Malcolm Brown got the scores, got the red line work. I don't know if that's going to be a trend or not, but we know Gurley still can break big runs. I love him as a DFS tournament play because he is – kind of flying under the radar now. And I think he still has big game capability, even if his ceiling is not as high as it used to be. Uh, Got to keep speeding through this. Devin Singletary had some eye popping stats, the rookie in Buffalo. Uh, he only had four carries for 70 yards. That's a pretty solid average. Uh, he didn't touch the ball until there was six minutes left in the third quarter, but the snap count, he had 47 snaps compared to 16 for Gore and two for Heldon. Uh, according to PFF, Pro Football Focus, he ran 36 routes, pass routes. That's the fifth most in the league in week one. 
And it's not a tough matchup against the Giants this week. So, yeah, I think Singletary, maybe he doesn't totally break out until later in the year, but I'm totally okay with playing him starting now. Uh, other rookies to mention, uh, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, not the best rookie debuts. There's better days ahead for them. Again, I'm holding those guys. I'm not selling them. Sanders has a good matchup this week. I don't know if he's going to hit or not against Atlanta. Montgomery, not a great matchup going against Denver. So uh, I think you can play him, but I'm not forcing to play him. But again, I'm not selling these guys yet. Wide receivers, my favorite wide receiver to target. Uh, Tyrell Williams, who needs Antonio Brown, uh, right, Oakland? Uh, Tyrell played 95% of the snaps, had a 27% market share, so he saw more than a quarter of all the throws. And his uh, ADOT, his average depth of targets, 17.9 yards. That's pretty solid uh, with seven targets. And he found the end zone as well. Uh, got a great matchup with Kansas City. Oakland's going to have to try to do their best to keep up with the, with the Chiefs. So, again, another high over-under game. Tyrell, favorite play of the week. Uh, at receivers, I also really like Calvin Ridley. He may not be the number one target in Atlanta, but, again, another high-scoring game, uh, theoretically, over-under at 51 points. He had six touchdowns. Oh, geez, that would be nice. Six targets and four catches and one touchdown against the Vikings. Now, he played 78% of the snaps for Atlanta. That was higher than Julio played. I'm not saying he's better than Julio. I would play Julio. He's the number one guy. But I think you can play Ridley against the Eagles. Uh, they gave up 380 yards and three touchdowns to uh, Washington. Yeah, Case Keenum in Washington last week. So, yeah, he's good. A um, couple more really quick. Tyler Boyd. He was way overshadowed by John Ross. John Ross blew up in week one, but the Bengals ran 70 plays and Boyd kept pace with Ross. I think he had almost identical targets and receptions, just didn't have the big plays, didn't have the touchdowns, but still a solid play. Uh, Bengals are running a legit NFL offense now. They ran 70 plays. Uh, they were passing the ball. Uh, the last two seasons before this, they averaged 59 plays this for the per game for the previous two seasons. So thank you, JJ Zacharyson, for that stat. That's a positive sign. Uh, Mike Evans, Tampa Bay, he was dealing with an illness last week. I don't think he'll be nearly as bad, and I can't imagine Jameis Winston's going to be as bad. So I'm still playing Evans. A few more interesting guys. Um, Latimer for the New York Giants, if Sterling Shepard can't go. Well, Latimer already saw eight targets in week one. That was more than Shepard. And if Shepard is out with that concussion, Lattimore is the number one wide receiver option. Still might be the third passing option behind Saquon and Engram, but he's worth a shot if you need a guy. Uh, God, man, so many guys. Two more, two more, two more. Um, Miko Hardman with Tyreek Hill out. He has a clear path to big games. Played 78% of the snaps last week. So uh, I like Miko. Again, definitely big tournament guy. And Debo Samuel. No wide receiver saw more than three targets uh, for the Niners last week. But Debo led all of their receivers an 88% snap count. So opportunity is there for him. Tight ends. Um, yeah, I had this whole thing about how uh, Hunter Henry had a great first week, even though it might have been under the radar and was set up big for week two. 
And then we get the news that he has a broken knee. So he's out for a while, so I can't make him my target of the week. So I'm going to shift to Darren Waller of the Oakland Raiders. He is clearly a major part of the plans in Oakland. He led the entire team in targets with eight and in catches with seven. He played every offensive snap. He seems to be a pretty safe play at tight end, which is hard to find and could definitely be in line for some blow-up games too if he finds the end zone a few times. Um, a deeper shot, another one of those dart throws, DFS tournament plays, Jordan Akins with the Houston Texans. Uh, he's really the only pass-catching tight end Texans have. Uh, he was on the field 70% of the snaps. He only got two targets and one catch for 17 yards, but he also had a 12-yard catch called back on penalties. Yeah, still not great, but they are a good offense. They're going to be scoring plenty and getting a tight end on a team that's going to score a lot and be the main guy, definitely worth taking a shot on. Um, defenses, a lot of the obvious higher-owned defenses have good matchups this week, but if you want something a little bit farther down the line, I think you can play the Broncos defense. Um, pretty low-owned. Uh, they're playing the Bears in the Vic Fangio Bowl. Uh, Bears are highly owned, but with this very low over-under, the Broncos should be a good play too. Lowest over-under of the week. Um and Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, you got some playmakers over on that side of the ball. You could see some strip sacks, maybe some turnovers happening here. So I definitely like that as a streaming type option for your DST. So those are all of the players and positions that I am targeting this week. You avoiding me? So on to the avoids for the week. Again, starting at the quarterback position. Top of the list this week is Matthew Stafford at home against the Chargers. And I know he was one of the targets last week, but last week he was playing Arizona. And this week he is at home against the Chargers. Uh, Detroit may actually be able to control the pace of the game a little bit more this week with the run game like they want to. So I think he's going to have less opportunities. Uh, he probably won't have 45 passing attempts this week. Not likely to go to overtime and playing against the Chargers. Like I said, I think Detroit still wants to run the ball and win with defense and playing at home. They'll have a better chance to do that. So Stafford is my number one avoid at the quarterback. A couple others I'm avoiding. Uh, Kirk Cousins. He had 10 pass attempts last week. Just 10. Um, and he goes on the road this week to Lambeau Field against the Packers, who seemingly have an improved defense. So not going to put Cousins out there. Uh, the other one. Phillip Rivers, kind of the same reasons as Stafford. I think Detroit may control the pace of the game a little bit. And then he's losing weapons left and right. Um, mentioned that Hunter Henry is out for a while. Mike Williams apparently is very questionable with his knee issue. So even if he does play, probably not 100%. So those are the quarterbacks that I am going to avoid. Um, running backs. So Devontae Freeman. Uh, he had a 50-50 split with Edo Smith last week. Did not see that coming. That was much higher time split than anticipated. Uh, and then he wasn't as good as Edo Smith either, which was odd. He only had eight carries for 19 yards. Um, it was a negative game script the entire game. And he only had three catches for 12 yards. So he wasn't a big part of the passing game either. On the other side, Edo Smith had six carries for 31 yards. Not great, but better than Devontae Freeman. Um, there is definitely a possibility they put up more points against Philly, but 
again, Atlanta may be trying to keep up with Philly at this point. And until Devontae Freeman shows that he can be uh, closer to what he used to be, I'm keeping him out of my lineups for now. Uh, Marlon Mack, he was a target last week, uh, but he plays against the Titans this week, who completely, maybe one of the biggest surprises of the week, shut down the Browns and Nick Chubb last week. So I'm not sure Mack's going to get off to a, a great game against them. I'm not saying bench him if you own him, but maybe temper your expectations with Mack. Uh, same with Sony Michelle. It seems like he's got a great matchup against uh, Miami this week. But even last week, the, the Patriots were rolling positive game script all game, and Sony still didn't have a great game. So I don't really like him. Um, again, I don't mind throwing him out there as a uh, tournament-type play, but temper your expectations. And then uh, the Tampa Bay backfield, just avoid the entire thing. Uh, Daria Gumbawali, 39% of the snaps. Rondé Barber, Rondé Barber, uh, Peyton Barber, 36%. Ronald Jones, only 22% of the snaps. But he was the most productive with 75 rushing yards, 18 receiving yards. Agumbawale had 33 yards in the passing game but didn't carry the ball. I don't know what to do with that except for just avoid it altogether. Uh, wide receivers. Um, Dante Pettis. Whew. Yeah, I was wrong. Uh, apparently the offseason negative hype at the end there was legit. He played two snaps. Two. So, yeah, I am okay benching him. I actually dropped him in a couple of my leagues this year. So maybe I'll regret that later, but two snaps is not good. Uh, Cortland Sutton had a pretty big game, but I'm not expecting a repeat performance uh, when he matches up with the Bears this week. Uh, the Bears essentially shut down Devontae Adams last week, uh, regarded as one of, if not the top, fantasy wide receiver in the NFL right now. So I don't love Sutton's chances there. Uh, I'm going to continue to avoid Robbie Anderson. He's my main avoid last week. Still don't like him this week in Cleveland. Uh, okay. Tight ends. So again, it's tough to avoid any tight ends. Um, but some things to keep in mind, Evan Engram, don't bench him in your season long leagues, but again, temper your expectations. I'm not going to target him heavily in, in any DFS, uh, he plays the Bills. Bills allowed the fewest points to tight ends in 2018. They're a good defense. Uh, he may be the Giants' only target, but that kind of means they can focus their defense around him a little bit more, too. So, uh, season-long weeks, I'm going to continue playing him, but I don't think he's going to have as huge of a week. Uh, so that's my avoid, I guess, for tight ends. Uh, defense special teams, DSTs, uh, main avoid. The Jaguars at the Texans. Yeah, the Jaguars kind of live in on this uh, this persona of a really, really good defense. But the Texans probably have a better offense. Uh, the Jags were pretty much torn apart by Kansas City last week. Uh, Deshaun Watson and Texans seem to be uh, hitting on all cylinders against the Saints last week. So I'm not going to confidently roll out Jacksonville at all. I'd rather play a lot of other teams. Uh, a few others, Seattle, like I mentioned, heading to Pittsburgh. I think Big Ben's going to blow up this week, so I definitely don't like Seattle. Um, so, yeah, those are the defenses to avoid this week. I found out that I can definitely get through the avoids a lot faster than I can get through the attacks. I guess that kind of speaks to my uh, overall optimism for the most part. But those are the avoids for the week, so let's wrap this show up.
That's it. That's my fantasy football advice for the week. So I hope you find this useful and helpful in some kind of way. Uh, I'm always happy to interact on Twitter. Again, that's at A.A. Larson or at the process FFP on Twitter. Um, any start set questions you might have between now and kickoff, uh, any waiver acquisition trade questions you may have, definitely wouldn't mind weighing in on those. The new episodes are going to come out every Thursday. Remember that. Um, throughout the week, I'll be soliciting questions on Twitter that I could answer on next week's show. Please subscribe. Please give reviews. Please give me feedback. More than anything, thank you so much for the listen. I appreciate each and every person that is listening to this show. Definitely want some interaction. Definitely appreciate it. Definitely hope that you can trust the Process Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks again.